For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, hope you're having a great day. Today's podcast is sponsored by SaveTheStorks.com, my favorite all-time pro-life organization. Man, they do so much for the cause of life. I just adore Adore them. Absolutely adore them. They've got a big project I'm partnering with them on coming up soon. I can't wait to tell you about. Can't do it today, but check them out at SaveTheStorks.com. We've got Darlene Brock on an episode of Moms on the Mic today talking about raising strong, empowered daughters. Man, wouldn't that be great? Just having your daughters grow up and have great self-esteem and feel good about themselves and doing the right thing and striving to be the best they can. Darlene Brock will help us do that today. Here she is on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Oh, Rebel Parents, so good to have you here with us today. We are joined by author Darlene Brock talking about raising great girls. And we started this a minute ago. We're starting it again. Help for moms to raise confident, capable daughters. Perfection not required. And I love it because it has three chapters for dads. And I took my exacto and cut it out. Now I have my own book and Laura has hers. So, so all have... you dads out there, this is a good book for you too. It really is. Yes. Darlene, thanks for being it. on the broadcast I love it that today. You destroy... I love it that you destroyed my book already. But hey, go for it. <laughs> oh, I've Sorry about it. that. I've highlighted. <laughs> I have dog-eared pages. Oh yeah, I am into the book for sure. Yes, yeah, so okay. have we. Okay, Wait. Laura, you've got a question to start with because... Yes. We just wanted to know, how did you go from producing music videos to writing this encouraging and inspiring book to, to all the moms? I think it's because I, when I was producing music videos and managing bands and doing the crazy, craziness of the music business, I was raising my daughters at the same time. Oh. So, you know, I look back. My daughters are grown now, so I'm oh, okay. blessed with hindsight on what worked, what didn't work, how they actually adapted when I didn't know that they would. And, you know, I went, I need to encourage other moms and dads because this really can be done in the insaneness of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. And then, so what led you down this road? I mean, how did you get from, you know, producing music videos in the music industry, then into podcasting and writing books? And that's a great transition. How did that path take you? Well, after we left the music business, I, I traditionally worked with men. Most of the bands I managed were all male. I mean, I, it, it was heavily that. And I, I left it, although I raised two daughters, I didn't, you know, I wasn't around women a lot. I was a little bit intimidated and scared of them. Mm. I thought men were a piece of cake. And then (laughs) God gave me a heart for women, um, partially because of watching my daughters grow up in this culture, this Mm -hmm. challenging culture that's telling them what they should or should not be, how they should or should not act from every side. And then I started this company called the Grit and Grace Project, and it's basically 
an organization for strong women and those who want to be because I wanted women to recognize their strength. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about the Grit and Grace Project. That was one of my questions. You just jumped right into it. Mm -hmm. I'd just love to hear more about it. Well, we have an online magazine. I have about 45 writers who write for for me on the the side. And you can go to it by uh, going to gritandgracelife.com. Okay. But they come from every part of life, every culture, every challenge. They're married. They're divorced. You know, they're single. They have special needs children. They Mm -hmm. have a bunch of children. They have no children. And they write about their challenges. And uh, also we put some fun, just some fun stuff in because we want a place for women to land and a community of other like-minded women. Mm-hmm. That's So that's awesome. part of it. And then we have a podcast, my co-host and I, called uh, This Grit and Grace Life. And we talk about all the same kind of subjects. That's fantastic. And what kind of stories are you hearing from your listeners? What do you hear back from them? Oh, they, they, they like the encourage or need the encouragement. I mm. needed the encouragement when I was juggling all the balls of life and, mm-hmm. you know, had our businesses and, you know, our responsibilities there and my children and our home life and our faith. And, you know, you just throw it all in and try to mix it up. And so, you know, one of the things we focus on is it, you don't have to do everything and you definitely will not do everything perfectly, but you will do it well. You, you can manage whatever challenge that you're facing well. Hmm. Mm. Oh, I love that. Definitely. Darlene, this is something we try to ask authors because we talk with moms and we believe the loudest voice in a mom or a woman's head is the one saying she's not doing a good enough job. And it gets compounded because being a parent means you're not going to get it all done. For sure, you're not going to. Things are going to slip through the cracks. You'll definitely fail more than you succeed. So how do you balance that? How do you balance trying to do the best you can while knowing you're just not going to succeed all the time? Things will fall through the cracks and you will fail. How do you balance that? Well, I think we almost have it backwards because I think some of our our uh, things we fail at or perceive we fail out at end up being some of the best moments in time and learning experience mm. for you and your children. You know, I, I've mm. recently, well, we did a podcast with my two grown daughters and I looked at them and said, I can look at the places I screwed up. And they mm. looked at me and went, well, we didn't see that. Um, from huh. their side, Yes, I was doing a lot, and no, I was not a perfect mom, but they knew I wanted to be in their lives, and I had made a commitment Mm. to this job of motherhood, and so now they go, you did okay, and I could do a checklist of all the things I did wrong, but yeah, and I I just want to tell moms, it's not, it really isn't about being perfect, it's about being there. Being there, I was just told yesterday. Um, one of my friends did a did a service project for. She's a teacher, and so she had to do some continuing education. And she said, um, one of the the things that gets left out is people, adults, and parents asking their children how they're doing. Simply asking their children, "How are you doing today?" And I was surprised that that was one of the things that, mm-hmm. that the entire day that for this continuing education teaching half the teachers in Colorado Springs, that's what they were teaching them. Yeah. Talk to the child. <laughs> Listen to wow. them. Wow. Isn't that, and they don't need a lot. The kids don't need a lot, but 
you know, I found one of the best opportunities in the world to find out what was going on in my daughter's brains was get them in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they're, they're kind of mm-hmm. trapped. There's nothing they can do, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, give them, give them the opportunity to answer any question. Mm-hmm. And they can be innocuous question. What's your favorite song? To, you know, again, like you said, how are you doing today? What's yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. So what, what's interesting, oh. Darlene, you said they don't need a lot. And it's true. They don't. Here's why. Because they're not getting any. You know, you've got in the dad chapter. It's so interesting. You've got um, there's a section. You've got a little story where the stay at home dad was just letting his daughter talk. And she said, Daddy, you let me talk a long time. I love you. And, you know, our counselors say that all the time. You have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. What are your kids thinking about? What are they feeling? Stop trying to teach. Just listen. Who are they? What are they going through? What are they thinking about? What are they feeling? And listen. Hmm. I love that. And you're absolutely right because they want to be heard. Even if it's the most unimportant dialogue in the entire world (laughs) you know they want to know you care about what they care about yes i Mm -hmm. can concur with that because my son wants to tell me all about minecraft so any of the moms that are out there it's Mm. okay to listen to your son teach you about minecraft and i have (laughs) and i have had moms actually go even a step further and have their kids actually teach them how to play minecraft which i thought was like wow that's that's a stellar mom there that is, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Darlene, how are there other ways, especially with girls? You know, I'm a dad. You know, you've got that section with dads, a gemologist, in telling your daughters. I'm not sure who it was recently we had on that was talking about that. Of They were, they were making a distinction between praising your kids, and we're going to talk daughters today, for the things they're doing versus just for being. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got it in here. Uh, Man, I've highlighted so much stuff in your book. It's all through there. It's talking to her as well. She needs to hear what you think of her. Does it make you smile and laugh? Tell her. Does she amaze you with some of the things she does? Tell her. Are you proud of one of her accomplishments? Tell her. Do you Mm. think she looks pretty? Tell her. That's that whole thing. Well, she knows I love her. Are you sure? Have you told her a million times? Have you told her how much you adore her? You can never say that stuff too many times. Yes. Because the world's going to say the opposite over and over again. And they've got to have that stability of a parent saying, you're the greatest. Mm-hmm. Just because you're mine, you're the greatest. Mm-hmm. No, you are absolutely right. And the reason I specifically put that in the dad chapters is because, you know, I think girls hear it better from their dads than they even do their moms. You I would know, agree. Their moms, they can kind of slough it off or dismiss it. But when daddy tells me yep. I am smart or pretty or what I did was great, I mean, I've seen my little girls when they were little dance through the room feeling like the most successful person in the world because their daddy just said they were. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways uh, moms can fight for their daughters? Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? And, you know, in in the book I did in, I think it's the last chapter, that we need to be military strategists. Mm. which seems really bizarre, but when you birth a child, and I think especially a girl, you kind of enter a war of ideas. 
Yes. Of, you know, what people want your daughter to think and how to react and who to be and views to have. And so I think the best thing you can do is get to the battle before somebody else does. Amen. You know, we we need to instill in our daughters Mm. at a young age the things we believe are things that actually protect them because... They are learning their self-worth, they are learning their value, all of those things. And then you do have to sometimes step out, and when you see something really harming your little girl, I'm not talking about not letting them take some blows, because to deal with life, they got to feel some hurt. Yes. But when you see it having permanent damage, then you go in and you see what you can do to change mm-hmm. that scenario. <clears throat> Hmm. That's right. And your daughters need to know that. They need to know that dad is going to step in or mom is going to step in. That, hey, I'm going to take the hits. I'm going to take the blows. I'm going to take the flack. I'll take the embarrassment. Whatever it is, if you're really in trouble, oh, I'm I'm coming. I'm coming running right now. (laughs) Darlene, do you have some specific things that we could touch on for fighting for your children, fighting for your daughters? Yeah, I you know, I think you need to fight for them on who they are, even mm. their talents. Let's just go there. Okay. You know, you will know even when they're little, and you don't have to enroll them in absolutely everything to find out what they're <laughs> yeah. any good at. You right. don't? You don't. Oh, okay. No. okay, Rebels. You, know, you don't have to lose your mind, lose their minds, be exhausted. You don't have to do that. Amen. You know, yeah, you can start with, do they go outside and get the sidewalk chalk or play basketball or do they mm-hmm. you know what do they do what do you take them and expose them to things and find their natural interest mm. and then you you put them in the things that are natural for them now the thing i think you have to fight for are the the outside influences that maybe think a musical daughter isn't important or an artistic daughter is not important mm. oh, right. she needs to be a math whiz yeah you know and i'm like <laughs> No, absolutely not. I have some very creative daughters, and if they just squeak through on math, that's not their gift, and I'm yeah. good with that. So do not destroy them by telling them they're not good at something that is not natural to them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit savethestorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? You know, Darlene, let's touch on that for a minute Um, because the STEM subjects are great. I love it. You know, science, technology, engineering, math. I love that. And preference-wise, not ability, preference-wise, more boys prefer those subjects than girls. Mm -hmm. Now, 
the girls that do prefer those subjects, in fact, we're thinking of someone now. We have a friend. My friend's wife is a math professor. She's a genius. Mm -hmm. She loves math. And we encourage her in that uh, completely and totally. And she is unique in her field. But in today's age, there are so many things with girls and with women that's like, oh, well, if a girl likes to sew or or make costumes or things that would be traditionally feminine, all of a sudden it's like, oh, but no, you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be this, you know, you have to be a man in a way. How do we encourage girls mm-hmm. to be who they're supposed to be because God created them to be who they are? Yeah, I have. And at the Grit and Grace Project, we talk about this a lot is that we believe women are absolutely equal, but we do not believe they're identical. Amen. And that is not a, that is a great thing. That is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if women are natural nurturers, why are we thinking that's bad? Yeah. yeah. Why do we think the world doesn't need to be nurtured just a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if they are inclined to these other things, why can you not be, if you say you can be anything you want to be, well, then that needs to be anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, in our, our family, I have a niece who is a computer programmer. My eldest daughter is a production supervisor in film, and my younger daughter is a school teacher. They grew up together, and you could see them at a very young age going their various places. Yeah. And each of them fulfilled the roles that they were supposed to fulfill. So I'm saying, absolutely, girls, you can be whatever you want, but don't let somebody force you into something else just because they don't deem it valuable. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, let me tag onto that a little bit. There's um, there's a commercial out right now. It's hashtag embrace ambition, and it's uh, aimed at women. And I was watching it, and... I'm a little bit confused by it because there's data that would disagree with the feeling of this commercial. Embrace Ambition, it's on national TV, it's all over online, and it's women saying, you know, I'm not going to apologize for chasing my dreams. We're going to embrace ambition. Uh, Women can be ambitious too, and you should be strong and tough and powerful, and no longer will we be afraid or we will apologize and... I'm a little confused because while I recognize, this is, uh, let's see, how do I say this in a nicer way? Girls graduate high school more than boys do. Mm -hmm. They get accepted into college more than boys do and graduate college more than boys do. And high school. Oh yeah, you said that. They get accepted into master's programs and graduate master's programs at a higher rate than boys do. I'm not saying there aren't things that Goodness, I, I, I don't want to say there aren't things women can't improve in. Women are doing really, really well in America today. It feels like the culture is saying that you are downtrodden, you are mistreated, you're not doing well, you're not accomplished. And the data says something different. And I'm trying to figure out how do you raise confident girls when this whole culture says, oh, no, 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 you are being, a, you are being mistreated left and right. You are not doing well across the board when they're really doing well. Yeah, that's one of the, when I say the culture is trying to raise your daughters to think certain things, that's one for me, Ryan, that really, really bothers me because, Mm. you know, my daughters are grown, so I've been around a long time. You know, (laughs) I was, I was around when women did have to do some fighting for some of these positions. Yeah. I was around when, 
some of that did absolutely go on. But, you know, it's like now, girls, you actually are getting more breaks. You know, I've talked to my daughter a lot in the film industry, and if you're a female director right now, you're the first hire. And because the culture has pushed so hard, and, you know, I kind of counter it a little bit and say, you shouldn't be the first hire, you should be the best hire. If we say our abilities are as good as men's and vice versa, it's not Mm -hmm. a one-way street, and vice versa, then that means we need to earn the position in the same way that a man does. And I believe we have a million opportunities even more because of this swing. It's like women are kind of getting a little bit of a break um, because yeah, people the pendulum say, well, you swung. don't have a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and Darlene, let's be honest. You worked for 20 years in an insanely male-dominated male-dominate. world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're telling men, and it's okay. I'm an author and I've been in bands. We're all narcissists. So you've got gigantic egos, front men on stage, doing videos, writing songs, and you're telling them what to do. You understand for real what it was like to be a woman in a male-dominated society versus what it's like today. Not to say there aren't hardships, not to say there aren't hard times, and there's some different truth going on. Yeah, I believe there is, and you're absolutely right. And I did have, I mean, I had some men who said, you're a woman and you're not going to work with me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're lost. And so, and then I had the (laughs) men that I worked with that respected me as much as I respected them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I chose to work with people that uh, I knew valued who I was. Yeah. And I actually had some of the, some of the best mentors that I had in the business I was in were men. Mm. They, they wanted me to grow. They encouraged me to be everything that I could. They believed in me when I didn't necessarily believe in myself. So I've actually found, this will sound ironic, but even though I did do business in an era where it was difficult in some scenarios, yeah. I also found that sometimes women were harder to work with than men. Um, so, you know, based on competition or based on what do you think that was based on? Yeah, I think women tend to, to compete a little more with each other, you know, and I think it becomes that that's a different dynamic that we don't discuss very much. We blame these poor men for being the ones holding us down, but I've seen women hold other women down in business. Yeah. So Um, I've seen it in ministry too. It's like women get, it's like that whole analogy, crabs in a bucket, um, you know, you throw a bunch of crabs in the bucket and none of them get out. Or I've seen that in women's, in just in women's ministry. Hmm. It's true. It's true. So I, I don't, you know, I, I think the opportunities that are available now are completely off the chart. And instead of looking around saying, I can't, I won't, I don't, they won't let me, I'm encouraging women to just go do it. Just go do it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Go for it. So, Darlene, how do you encourage your daughters and our daughters to be, you know, I've seen that shirt. In fact, I think Laura has it. Empowered women empower women. How Mm -hmm. do you teach your daughters, hey, don't compete with the other women out there. Don't tear them down. Encourage people. Build them up. How do we encourage their self-esteem and for them to encourage others as well? Mm -hmm. I kind of think it starts with 
girls recognizing that every other female in the room has basically the same insecurities or doubts or fears that they have. Mm. You know, instead of looking across the room and teach your daughter that instead of looking at that person that you think they've got it all together, you know, look, just for your security, look for the other females who you think they look uncomfortable too. So I'm going to go reach out to them. Mm. And then you will start realizing that one by one by one, that these other females have a lot of the same emotions. And then you go, you know what, because I need encouragement, I'm going to encourage you. Mm. And then you're going to encourage somebody else who's going to encourage somebody else. I think if we just recognize every one of us need it, so if we start the process, then we all get, we get stronger as a gender. It gets the ball rolling. Amen. Wow. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Definitely. All right, Darlene, before we go, talk to the dads. Give some yes. Give some good basic dad stuff. Oh, I think dads should push the envelope with their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I do. Yeah, I think, you know, although I personally am a risk taker, and I wrote about this in the book, um, mm-hmm. I am for me, but when it came to watching my husband dangle my daughter so she could get a better view, I lost it. You know, but the fact that my husband challenged the girls to be whatever they could possibly be, um, they did it. And when he said, of course you can go for it. Yes, you can can jump out of a plane, which one did. Yes, you can paraglide, which we did. Yes, you can do whatever. Then they went, sure, daddy thinks I can. I'm going for it. Mm. And you had your eyes closed the entire time, I'm assuming. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Look the other way. Okay, you guys go. I'm going shopping or somewhere else because if I watch this, I'm going to lose my mind. Yes. (laughs) I think half the moms listening feel the same way. Yeah, it's great. And you did it. That's so great. You did it. You didn't go, nope, I can't do it. I mean, I have that's so funny that you brought up your husband dangling your daughter over the ledge. I have it highlighted in my section of the book. (laughs) You know, you said he looked at you as if you had fireworks shooting out of your head. And it's that, like, do you really think I'd endanger our kids? Like, am I really that guy? Come on, you know? That was so funny. That was so great. And you're right. When a dad believes in a daughter. Uh I mean, my dad, when he wrote Bringing Up Girls, he heard story after story after story after story. Even late in life, for the dad that's like, I've got a grown daughter. It's too late. I blew it. Nope. You got to call them and tell them you love them. Your girls want to hear it a million times. Everything about them that you love, they want to hear it. Yes. Everything. It's so true. Mm. It's so true. It's yeah. true for me, even at age 44. Here's the other one I'm going to say to dads, too. This is a huge one. Boundaries tell your daughters, I love you. Yes boundaries Mm -hmm. tell your daughters i love you if you're asking your daughter where are you going who's going to be there when are you going to be home who's driving you how old is he it's a boy nope you know (laughs) whatever it is it says i care about you i care about you i care about you i care about you enough to make the hard choices and hard decisions i care enough about you to be awkward i care enough about you to come pick you up when you don't want me to Mm -hmm. you've got to be the dad in those moments, you've got to be the dad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't believe little girls or teenage girls think in their heart of hearts that their dad is being bad. I think what this says to these girls is 
my daddy will protect me. Amen. My daddy will protect me no matter what, because Mm -hmm. he's he's scared I'm going to get in a bad situation. So if I do, I know he's coming running. Yes. He's trying to protect me. That's right. Amen. That's right. Oh, Darlene, how much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. What a great time. Thanks for writing this book. We have loved it. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We appreciate you. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. Ooh, does that help us grow? We appreciate that so much. Thanks to Darlene Brock for coming on the broadcast today. To producer Kay and the Atomic Mom, my wife Laura, for doing another episode of Moms on the Mic. Also, thanks to the Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for our gospel in hostile nations for more than 50 years, providing Bibles, resources, tools, and a network of support for all those being persecuted. Persecution.com is their website. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.